subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So, Chuck, do you like early national signing period? Well, I'm okay with it, I guess. I think it was well-intended, but I don't know that it's worked out quite the way they thought it would. Uh, There's a lot going on in December now. And you think about the fact that the season ends, and then you've got your early signing period where, you know, let's face it, a lot of the guys are signed now. You've got that within a month. So... It's difficult, I'm sure, but um, hey, this is what they ask for. I mean, they ask for this, and um, now they have it, and I don't know that it's been as good as everyone thought it might be. We had kicked around the idea yesterday of doing this in August to give high school kids a chance to, again, just prepare for their senior season and their schoolwork to get them ready for early enrollees in, in January. And I know some coaches have an idea that they would just take that season off. I don't think that would be the case. Where do you stand on that? Well, if every player had established themselves as a D1 player after their junior year, that'd be fine. But the vast majority, I suspect, don't. Um, You know, the idea that um, you would have an early signing period before a kid plays his senior season, I, I I I don't know how you could do that. I don't know how you could evaluate. Um... Yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was fine with the old way. If you want to know the truth, but um, yeah, they didn't ask it. me. Yeah, I, I like the old way as well. Where just February, just do it in February. But if you, but here's why that's no longer practical: is they want them on campus, right? They want December. them to go through spring practice. And I'm going to tell you something. This, uh, I realize that's the trend now, and it um, it helps helps the team, and a lot of times it helps the kid in terms of football. Um, I would like to go back, and I've never seen any data on this. I've never seen numbers. Someone would really have to dive into it. How these kids that forego their last semester of high school, how it all works out for them. You know, not just in terms of football, but how do they do in school? Uh, What happens away from the field? How do these kids, you know, some it may not affect at all. I mean, kids are a lot more mature than they were when I was in school. I'm going to tell you, if you dragged half me and my friends to to a college when when we were barely 18, our senior year of high school, oh, my God. I mean, to say we were unprepared would be an understatement. So, um, Heck, most I don't of know. us aren't ready at 19. Well, I know, 18. yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, and look, I know that, Hey, you can take a kid and put him into a structured system, and and uh, before you know it, I mean, he's doing a lot of the things you ask. I know that, you know, I, I mean, I know it works, but I don't know. I mean, you're asking a lot of these kids when you do that, and you're right. I mean, the early signing period, that was part of the reason that uh, they wanted it. And, and, and by they, I'm saying the coaches. I mean, this was coach-driven. I mean, let's be honest. And so um, there's good and bad. Well, if the coaches had known then, what they know now well, about, right. about NIL sure and about true. Portal, they just said, well, well wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to sure have how much work to do well, between maybe. Thanksgiving and Christmas? Maybe. Let's rethink this. Because maybe. I, I, I would contend, as busy as the regular season is, as busy as it is from August to Thanksgiving, essentially, mm-hmm. there is no busier time, no, no days that are really 25-hour days more so than from the end of your season till the early signing period, I think it's the hardest three or so weeks on any staff. And then think well, if you it's have a really bowl, hard. If you have a bowl game too to to get ready for, that just adds one more layer. So I, I think it's the hardest three or four weeks of the year for all these guys. It's very difficult. You know, the one thing about this period, or at least during the season, I mean, you may only get four or five hours of sleep at night, but you're home. You know, except for the night when you're traveling. If it's an away game, you're home. Um, that period. 
you know, between yesterday and today and the yeah. end of the season, I mean, you're spending a lot of nights away from home. Yeah. You brought up an interesting, I hadn't thought about life after football, but I do know life during football, for example, the two most impactful freshmen, Luke Has, Jalen Braxton, were both early enrollees. So right. in terms of the guys that immediately produce on field, and again, I don't have those statistics he asked for in front of me, but 90 plus percent of the time, the freshmen that actually play yeah. are early enrollees. So let me bring up what everybody's talking about, what everybody's asking me about, and I'm sure you guys are getting the same thing. What in the hell are we going to do about Missouri coming in here and raiding our cupboard? How, how are we going to get this stopped, guys? Because that's what I think people are talking about this morning. I, I think the average fan that wakes up and pops his head out of the sand for about three or four days here at recruiting time, and they hear all of us talk about Missouri coming in and getting two, two of your players out of your state, getting, you know, three of the top ten. And, you know, I think I think people are starting to pay attention a little more to some of this, and that's the question I think was being bandied about a lot yesterday is, what are we going to do about this Drinkowitz guy? Well, I didn't hear that as much as you did, maybe, but I'm sure in those parts it was probably very, very highly discussed. I mean, they had a good year. And Arkansas did not. And, you know, I can recall when Arkansas was doing well, Missouri was not. And we went up there and got guys like Ronnie Wingo, players like that that helped us a lot. Uh, Missouri, by virtue of the fact that, you know, I think the lead recruiter in all this has been Al Davis, if you want to get right down to it. I think Big Al's been the recruiter. and I think the world of Big Al. I mean, I got to tell you, if I was a kid and Big Al came in my living room, it'd be hard to say no. They had a good year, and Arkansas didn't. Here's the thing that I think people have to keep in mind. When you go 4-8 and eight and 1-7, and seven, the idea that you're going to have a top 15, top 20 recruiting class and keep others out of your state in the NIL era, it's probably not going to happen. Um, you got to win ballgames. You want to keep them out? Beat them. There's only one solution. Mm-hmm. there's only one solution now look i don't know what missouri's nil situation is right now i know their state legislature got involved and i don't know you know you keep hearing they've got a lot of nil money up there um i don't know if that's true or not that's that's you know kind of the word on the street so to speak but i think the biggest thing is they had a good year and arkansas didn't uh that's that's to me the overriding issue and Here's the thing that I'm not discouraged by is the fact that so far the transfer portal class has been ranked fifth in the league. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest here, guys. Where Arkansas sits right now, where their head coach sits right now, where the whole program sits right now, we don't have two or three years to wait. Nope. We don't. Um, if... We were, and by we, I mean Arkansas, if they were fifth in the high school class, 14th in the portal, I'd say, well, the next coach is probably going to get some pretty good players. (laughs) But it's not going to be these guys coaching them. So I think every time from this point forward, when you, you know, the old days of, you know, we're going to sign a great class, we're going to develop them, and, and you sign great class after great class, theoretically, Every program's needs are going to be different now. Arkansas's needs are immediate. I mean, they are immediate. And let's see what happens in this portal class, because as much as I, I, I hate to say it, you know, you look at what's happened with a basketball program. Nobody's got any problem when they don't sign very many guys from high school in basketball because it's a portal sport now, yeah. or so it seems. Mm-hmm. Football's becoming that way, too. And it's going to be based on where you are. Where you are, what you need that year. Arkansas's need this year's out of the portal. Uh, but now to answer your original question, you want to keep them out? You recruit well in the portal this year and you beat their butt on the field well, next year and I'll bet you don't lose those kids. You only have to wind the clock back 12 months and Drinkwitz was the guy on the hot seat. He was in a similar situation to what I'd say Sam Pittman's in right now. It was, it was win or go home time coming into this season. He won. He gets to stay. Probably going to get a raise. And if it beats Ohio State, it's going to be a big raise. Sam's in a, in a very similar spot. And from from and I bring that up from the standpoint of, hey, Arkansas could be the Missouri this time next year. Now, the schedule's difficult. It doesn't seem possible. But 
Guys, I bet if we were listening to sports talk radio in central and northern Missouri last year, they didn't have a lot of hope at this time a year ago that they were going to have the kind of season they had now. All right, look at Arkansas' situation right now. Would it have been great to have gotten the kid from Pine Bluff, the wide receiver? Would it have been great? Absolutely. Which is better, getting him or getting three offensive linemen you can throw out there and start next year? Which is better? Obvious answer. Okay, okay. I think that's where Arkansas is right now, and that's my point about how every program's needs are going to be different. I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying it's a pattern that needs to develop. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that when you look at Arkansas' situation this year, as disheartening as things like that can be, if you want to let them be, I think the future of this staff, the future of this program's contingent upon things that just, quite frankly, are higher in the pecking order right now. Yeah. I wonder if if getting Crutchfield and and coming in and just the way Drinkwitz carries his nerdy self and the way he, you know, tries to rub salt in the wound. Did did yesterday and getting Crutchfield that does that do anything for for the fan out there or for for for, for either of you guys to fuel the fire in this no rivalry? Question. Does it, it make should. does it make you hate Missouri a little or bit stick more? Stick in the billboards yeah. and Pine Bluff, like Chuck said, it should. it should. I don't know if it will. You're still. I mean, now fans don't line up, and put their hand in the dirt, but well, I, I but. Northwest Arkansas. Well, again, guys, when they have won the overwhelming majority of games against you, when they're going to a good bowl and you're staying home, the idea that you're going to keep them out is a little bit far-fetched. Again, the only way to keep them out is to dominate them on the field. If you do that, if Arkansas had beaten Missouri the way Missouri's beaten Arkansas, I'll bet, number one, we wouldn't be talking about them coming into Arkansas. We'd probably be talking about Arkansas going in and taking their guys. Well, they haven't. On that note, they you haven't got a Missouri kid since 2021. So that's also an issue. One of your bordering states, you, that's haven't, right. you haven't done any damage there. Because so. they've won the games, by yeah. and large. So yeah. you have to not only, again, build a – Sam's talked about building a wall around the state, which they haven't necessarily done. That's just but, a phrase. That's but, just a phrase. But I, I think fans, again, and your your point's well made about the transfer portal. You'd rather be fifth in the portal than fifth in high school rankings because the, most of those high it's school immediate, kids aren't going to play a while. Help. Yeah. But there is a, a, a sense of pride, and, and Courtney is a talented player. He's the best player in your state. So anytime you lose the best player in your state and you parlay that with the 4-8 and eight season well. – it's not good. Basketball-wise, you, you brought that up, and again, it's another good point. No one's really cared about basketball not necessarily getting every in-state kid because the basketball team's gone elite, eat, elite, sweet. No one's going to, if they keep doing that, no one's, even if they miss out on uh, the Springdale kid or the kid from Benton, no one's going to care because they keep having success. But when you don't have success, that's just another, again, Oh, it's another log on the fire. Yeah. It's another log on the fire. It's 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 you know, you're you're pouring a little bit more gas on it. But again, I mean I hate to say it like this, but it's kinda like what Coach Pittman said yesterday. Let let's face facts. I mean, it's based on what happened last year. The idea again that you're gonna go four and eight and one and seven and have a top 15 or top 20 recruiting class, it's just not going to happen, generally speaking. It's not to say that um, it doesn't happen, but by and large, it, it's just not something that you see. Still don't like him. The process, no, I'm with you. <laughs> look, the process, like look, the process of getting out of this hole is not going to be simple. It's not. And it's certainly not going to be easier now that you've got two other schools coming into the league. And the idea that you're going to have some dramatic turnaround in this conference. I mean, there's no divisions now. There's, I mean, you know, you can get lost in the shuffle real fast. I mean, the idea that you're just going to immediately click on a light. If Arkansas has a good offensive line, whether it's portal or high school kids, if they've got a good offensive line next year, this kid out of Boise State comes in, and he's the answer at quarterback, or Criswell beats him out, and he's the answer at quarterback. This is going to be a good recruiting class. I mean, it is, because that's the immediate need. Now, I know others have other needs, and Ty, your point's well made, that when things aren't going well and you lose a guy, it makes it seem really, really bad. And if it's a pattern, 
If you go, if you repeatedly go four and eight, repeatedly go one and seven in the league, and repeatedly lose the best in-state players, you're going to have a change in coaches uh, because that's not where you need to be. It's not where you have to be. And I'm with you. I mean, the idea of them coming in and taking our players is, I mean, that doesn't sit well, nor should it. Uh, but if you want to change it, you just got to beat them. So he's talked a lot about what Sam Pittman said yesterday. How about we actually get into what he said? He spoke to, again, the offensive line needs and the quarterback situation. Here's what he said about those both those positions. We're headed in the right direction at quarterback, and I'm talking about both of them. And we're headed in the right direction on the O-line. I'm talking about high school and transfers, and we're not done yet. But those were two big key areas that we wanted to try to address in recruiting, and we did. We obviously know we have the third through the seventh period there that we've got some work to do. I think we have about eight scholarships left, and so we've got to be right because I think we only have 10 visits left, you know, so we're close to maxed out there. But we have that, and obviously you've got your second signing period, and then it opens back up in April. So you signed Taylor Green, kid for boys who we brought up. You got K.J. Jackson, young man from Alabama, lefty quarterback that's got a skill set to him. And then the offensive linemen, two offensive linemen out of high school, three transfers. They're probably not done there at this point. I know Clay was bringing up one of Joshua Braun's teammates entered the portal or is planning on it. Something to keep an eye on from the Gators at this point. You Again, you solidified one spot, and you really did the other but you're still trying to, again, add to your offensive line group. Tommy, you said eight. It looks like it's probably going to be six or seven total-wise offensive line they I end hope. up adding I at hope. this point. They'll add at least one more. We'll see if they add two more instead of that. But that's where you're at right now in terms of, again, producing on the offensive line. And you're expecting Nichols, the kid from Tennessee, to come in from start. Carmona, the kid from San Jose, to come in and start. And Blackstock, the Juco guy, to come in and start. That's well, at the guys. very least, compete. Yes. I mean, at the very least, compete. You're not bringing them in to sit. That's for sure. You're also bringing them in to make your young guys better. I mean, you know, you need legit competition in practice. That's frankly one of the things that I thought was missing at some spots last year was that you didn't have legitimate competition. Um, you know, guys that were not the best in the world anyway, you were just kind of hanging their ha- hanging your hat on hoping the fact they could play or hoping they could play. Um, you know, some of these guys, it was uh, hey, not really all that much better or worse off anyway. So um, I think what he talked about there, I think those areas, if you improve in those areas, uh, you think about this football team. How many times did we say this past year? Look at the scores. They just scored a few more points. You know, yep. we'd be getting ready for a bowl game. And that's one or two players making that's a difference right. there. That's exactly right. So you, you're likely going to lose Bo Limmer. He's playing that East-West Shrine game. You lost Joey Suda, who didn't play last year, and Devin Manuel, who was supposed to be one of your best and, tackles and listen, at this if, point. If you're an offensive lineman, even if you're young, but you're an offensive lineman that couldn't get on the field this past year, that, that speaks volumes. Well, one of these new guys, whoever it was, and I'm just going to say it, was probably going to beat out Devin Manuel. Probably, and, and that's not a knock on Devin Manuel. He was playing before he was ready. Um, but one of these guys was going to come in and beat him at left tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, you know, that, that's just how it would have played out, yeah. even I, if he'd stayed. I, and I don't know enough about these guys you're bringing in, but back, just making my point again, if you were a lineman on this team that could not get on the field with the, with the state of the offensive line last year, it's an upgrade in your roster, and I ain't even seen the new guy yet. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's uh, – we, we saw enough last year to know if you couldn't even make the cut there, it's it's time to move on. Uh, all right, we got plenty of text here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Also a call as well. One of our guys, Jimmy and Conway, has phoned in. What's up, Jimmy? Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, hey. I, I heard uh, I heard Courtney Crutchfield was quoted as saying, the NIL money at Missouri and Arkansas wasn't even close. Which leads me to believe if Arkansas's offer was as close, he, he might have went to Arkansas. But when he says something like that, I mean, he wants out of Pine Bluff. And who wouldn't? You know, but he, he did what was best for him. And I understand that. I, I'm concerned about the defensive line. We've lost some uh, linemen there. And I want your thoughts on that. We have guys in the wings that can step up, or we're going to get some more. Merry Christmas to all of you. I love the show. 
Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Merry Christmas to you. So you lost defensive lineman. You lost Tank Booker and Torian Carter, who were big in, in terms of rotation on the defensive tackle. Lot of things. You got your best defensive lineman back in Landon Jackson. They're probably going to add one. Sam Pittman talked about that yesterday. In terms of the NIL, Missouri is probably beating you on that side of things. What I was thinking about yesterday is while you're 15th on the high school side of things, you're 5th on the transfer portal like Chuck alluded to earlier. You are probably investing more in the transfer portal than you are in high school. Yeah, Clay made a great point on this yesterday. If you use all your money up on a kid like Crutchfield and you blow the budget on that and have nothing left for portal guys, you're going to get fired. I mean, it's going to help the next guy, like you were talking earlier, but, you, I mean, the money's not unlimited. This isn't Texas A&M, so you can't, you can't blow the budget on one guy because he's an in-state guy. Well, as Pittman said, you got to be smart in how you spend your money. Right. I, I mean, you just do. And whether it's the NIL era or whether it's, you know, the old days, um, you know, we've always had to do more with less. I mean, we've never had the overall budget that a lot of the schools do. And the idea that you're going to have a flush NIL collective, um, you know, you're probably not. So I think I think that's a good point. Yeah. Dennis and Springdale text in something I alluded to a couple weeks ago. You don't have the right to complain about recruiting if you're not contributing to edge at this point. Do we want to well, come I back? won't I say you do don't wanna... have a right. Well, I, let's not. I mean, let's not go there. No, but I mean, um, um, I mean, if you buy tickets, you can't complain. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't buy. I just say whatever it, you want. I just find it. And want. I think in in terms of the Arkansas edge side of things, I don't. I don't. I don't know if Sam Pittman. Would, I don't think it's been as big of a boost as maybe they potentially thought it was going to be. And I said this yesterday. You're probably top three in basketball. You're probably we, top three. We in don't ba- know that. We don't even know what the numbers are. Well, when we hear stuff like Courtney Crutchfield say that, and we've heard other, and we've heard them miss on other guys out of the portal. Well, the now, only- wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you here. We've heard that this guy heard. That Courtney Crutchfield said that. I didn't hear that come out of Courtney Crutchfield's mouth. Well, so the idea, again, that we keep coming back to is if NIL is not number one, it's probably number two. So that being said, if you're going to take that and understand that that's probably what players are looking at, then if they go elsewhere, they're probably getting paid more elsewhere. Arkansas, again, has that transfer portal class that looks good right now, but there are, again, a good chunk of players they offered scholarships to. That went elsewhere. If you'd that won be- eight games, what do you think the edge fund would look like? What do you think participation oh, level I said would be that there? They I mean, oh, I do. You no, I think your points may well may. I, yes, I think NIL money matters. Ring in the new year in style at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian Dining Room. The Festival Party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine, and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE2023 or call 501-623-7777. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785 online at teague-law.com the teague law firm if they can't help you they'll talk baseball betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs bet online is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. EAV. Bet online where the game starts. 
You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's welcome in our friend Tom Murphy this morning, Whole Hog Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, we were just talking about regifting gifts. Have you ever done that before? Be honest. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, I only had a few seconds to think about this. It's a pleasure to be with you, by the way. Um, you know, I, that would be frowned upon in my family, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've gotten something early, and it probably involves some kind of snack or food, but not, not fruitcake, and, and I've moved that along to someone else. Like I wasn't that fond of it, or I had too much of it, or something. So I would I would consider a, a minor regifting, nothing major. Nothing major at this point. Well, we got a, a gift yesterday, not just to hear from Eric Mosselman, but also Eric Mateos, new offensive line coach, and, and Sam Pittman. I, I want to start with Mateos. I know they've added three guys out of the portal, two guys out of high school. Uh, it seemed like based on Pittman's comments that they're going to add another. Uh, Tom, does he have enough to work with? next year for them to be hopefully worlds better than they were this season? Um, well, I think the answer to that will lie in the playing of the schedule next year. However, um, it does look like, you know, they their game plan was go after tackles first and then try to go for centers. And they feel like they've helped themselves. And, and also, you know, Mateos was quick to point out that um, he had a session with the returning players and they aired out some things. That were frustrating to them, and and now everyone has to refocus. Um, a, a few of their recruiting classes in recent years have all gone by the wayside at, on the O line. When you think about the Jameis St. John and Ray Curry class, um, and Marcus Henderson, um, there was very few starts among that entire class. And so, um, Sam Pittman even talked about that yesterday that they really had needed to recruit better before the class of. Chambly, Kudis, um, and Marion Henderson, that group. Um, they still like those guys. But um, it, it, when you consider that the building block of what their problems were last year, which which Sam Pittman said late in the season, um, you had to improve there. And I think they feel like with the, the JUCO guys, they're going to get themselves some competition. Um, they think that they can you know get a center out of the mix with uh, Wiggins. And uh, the kids from Tennessee to to be able to compete with him, Addison Nichols, uh, they've gotten themselves a center. So we'll see. But there's, there's certainly going to be plenty of guys in the room to work with. Yeah, Tom Murphy with us uh, here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, based on the results of yesterday, and maybe it's too early to judge, but what's your feel for where Arkansas is at with this new uh, Arkansas Edge NIL uh, fund or collective they're trying to put together. It didn't feel like listening to Sam yesterday and, and seeing some of the in-state players going out that that's gained the traction they were hoping to have by by this point. Well, yeah, I would say that uh, it would it was serving them better, you know, with the next cycle. Um, but I do think it helped them, and I think um, moving forward, it's it's going to be more of a, a component. Um, losing Courtney Crutchfield out of the state, you know, certainly hurt. And they would like to have had a, a receiver of his um, stature. And, they, you know, they filled in late with a kid from New Orleans, Cross Johnson. But um, I just think that, you know, historically, Arkansas's recruiting classes, um, you know, here they are about 14th out of the 16 in the SEC. And there's been years where they've been higher than that. But when you look at the the totality of the classes, you know, a handful of four stars and then a lot of three stars. That's how Arkansas has had to build historically. And um, that you, you, you win here on a, on a bigger scale when you have a, um, a, a quarterback who's, you know, a Ryan Mallett-type quarterback, you know, homegrown like Brandon Allen, Tyler Wilson, and surround him with good skill talent and, and, and good blocking and, um, they didn't have that last year. They had those issues that we talked about with the O-line and such. So um, um, long-winded answer to say that, um, you know, their recruiting class was 14th in the SEC. Not really where you want to be, but um, they hope for improvements for next year. Did they meet the needs that you perceive? You watched every down. You watched every game. Well, you, you were at practices. Did did what they do so far, and with what, eight scholarships, I think it is, uh, left in the portal, have they met the right. needs, and then what are the needs with those last eight spots, in your opinion? 
Well, you're going up against schools like Georgia, Bama, A&M, LSU, Auburn, and such that their depth is is usually, you know, it's usually better. And so Arkansas filled in some spots, but it's the same thing with the depth. I mean, you lose three linebackers from the portal, you, you bring in three. And uh, one, two, one of those is, a, two of those are freshmen. So um, they still need another linebacker. They still need another edge player. Um so, I would say, and you know, they they got in a bunch of DBs, but it's it's the difference makers that you need. And to me, um, if Sorry, the linebacker from Georgia, um, um, Slaughter uh, can can be playmakers, then maybe they've kind of re- restocked. But it, it's still to me a depth issue next year that you know you, you can't afford the big injuries. Well, you know, they had a few last year and it hurt them. Tom Murphy is with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hog Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, we've talked about football for an hour and a half. Let's shift it over to basketball. You got a game tonight against Abilene Christian. You won't play till next Saturday. Got a chance to hear from Keon Minifield this week and Must talking about him as well. I think that he's going to be a huge factor in the point guard rotation. How much does he maybe push back a solidified starting rotation now with him getting to the mix and Must still trying to? tinker and figure out what works best. Um, right. And you can see there's a level of frustration with Eric Musselman that, you know, he likes the way this team gets along, that they practice well, they hang out well, you know, they like each other. But on the court, they're still kind of working out what their, their personality is. And I think Minifield, you know, adds a, adds a component where you've you got to figure out your rotations again. And, um, you know, L. Ellis early in the season – he was doing some some good things, and I talked to the um, ODU coach Jeff Jones about you know how Arkansas had to kind of rally down the stretch to win that game, and he talked about L. Ellis being the difference and 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 creating things for his teammates and all, and his minutes have dwindled. So I think the talent is there. It's just a matter of like touching on the right combinations keeping everyone motivated and, and, and playing better defense. I mean, to me, that's the first thing is keeping your guards in front of their guards better than Arkansas has because when, when you have those breakdowns, yeah, you're going to have more blocked shots, but you're going to have more open three-point shooters on the wings. Teams are going to draw more fouls against you, and, um, and you know, things crumble from there. So uh, t- playing time is going to be earned by guys who, who play the best defense, looks to me. So is L. Ellis out of the equation? You mentioned that game against ODU, had a good game against Duke where he had six assists. Uh, I know he yeah. hasn't lived up defensively like they're hoping. Is is Minifield, do you think, going to take the seniors' minutes? Well, um, I mean, there's a chance he could. Uh, but what Eric Musselman has said is that the guys whose minutes haven't been there have, have come back in practices and looked eager and hungry and ready to go earn some back. Um, so really – You've got a pretty deep roster. It's just a matter of of hitting on the right combinations. And I don't know what the, what the future of L. Ellis's minutes look like. But if he if he stops point uh, guards from driving past him, and uh, he, he gives you a little bit offensively, opens things up for his teammates and such. I'm sure we'll see more playing time for him. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
So I know we received a lot of questions how Arkansas Edge is holding, helping the recruiting class. Here's what Sam Pittman had to say about that yesterday. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, it didn't benefit me a lot when it was announced today that I was going through our team, you know, when I was talking to all our team because it came out and they were going, like, oh, we got all this extra money and all this kind of stuff. We're certainly grateful for all those that gave to that. We needed it. We're using it wisely in the NIL department, but absolutely. So I think there's something important he said in the midst of that. We talked about how it's helped transfer portal players. We've talked about how it's helped high school players. But guys, it's also a big deal for retaining guys like Luke Cass, freshman All-American, Jalen Braxton, freshman All-American. I mean, there can offers elsewhere. Whether you like it or not, and I think that's important to talk about when it comes to this. You know, I think uh, I think you're right. And one of the things when we discuss NIL that we have to keep in mind is, in terms of what your pool is, some of that involves retaining what you have, mm-hmm. because there are, as you say, I mean, there are guys that develop on your roster, and I mean, I'm sure Luke has would have all the suitors in the world if he were to enter his name into the transfer portal. And, you know, some others might too. So, you know, you've um, you've got to keep that in mind every day as well. Yeah, and and he was one we talked about from the, from the moment of it. Well, you talked about it before his injury and the, the way he was coming on, but from his injury, how critical this moment would be for him not to be in the portal and how he would be central to that offense. I'm not going to say he's Brock Bowers next year, but he's going to be – to Arkansas, what Bowers was at times to oh, Georgia. I, had a, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, I had a, a chance to sit with DJ Williams a handful of times this season and visiting press boxes. And he, in the few games we got to watch Luke play, I mean, that's a Mackey Award winner. It's a, one of the best tight ends in the history of your program. And he was just amazed at what Luke was able to do as a, a true freshman because DJ came on more later in his career and was fantastic as we know but it was pretty impressive to see him have the impact he did as a true freshman this past year so arkansas basketball back in action tonight at six o'clock 5 30 pregame coverage with chuck and z beginning right here on espn arkansas and hit that line.com it's also on the sec network uh i know defense is going to be a big factor tonight and uh, I know you were kind of joking with Keon Minifield about what they've been doing in practice this week. It's been cra- actually it's been crazy for like the past week and a half. It's like we've been doing like three hour practices with towels and man, I, I can't even talk about it right now. I'm so traumatized. You made an important point to Muss earlier this week, Chuck. That you didn't allow many free throws in this last game. You didn't get to the line as much as they would like. But these two teams tonight, Arkansas is in the top, I think, fifteen in free throws attempted. Abilene Christian's right up there as well, so you can't let those guys get to the line tonight like you're trying to do. Yeah, they're actually in the top 10. Arkansas averages 26.5, 26.5, right at it. Uh, free throw attempts per game, they average 26.7. Uh, so they're essentially the same. And, you know, they've got one guy when they beat UTEP. Uh, in their last game, they've got one guy that went 12 of 13 at the line. So that's a big part of what they do as well. Arkansas went four of eight against Lipscomb. Um, you know, that's just, that's not what they do. And, you know, Abilene Christian's been all over the road. I mean, they really have been. You look at some of their games. I mean, they've, um, you know, they, they won at Oklahoma State. You know, that was their first game right out of the shoot. They go to Stillwater, and they went at Oklahoma State. Uh, but they've just kind of been up and down. They're five and six. They beat UTEP. Uh, they've they they've they've beaten some good teams. So they've also lost to some teams that aren't all that hot. So it's it's hard to know what you're going to expect or what to expect. But you know you've got to plan on at least plan on the team that that won at Stillwater. Yeah. And if you want to go tonight and you haven't bought tickets, there are ten dollar tickets that you can take advantage of. The student section being out of town for winter break. Started at 4 o'clock today in at the Bud Walton Arena box office. They're selling those again for just $10 if you'd like to go tonight. All right, last thing here in a hog update. Arkansas women's basketball and our own Phil Elson had quite a time yesterday in the Sunshine State. Beating Illinois on a buzzer beater, Miriam Dowda 
gets it done for the Lady Razorbacks. Low outside shot, won't go, rebound, Poffenbarger, 11 seconds left. Poffenbarger in the front court, are they calling a timeout? No, hand off to Spencer, five seconds, Sam dribbling, Sam kicks it towards Downa, Miriam inside, down it goes, two-tenths of a second, that's it! The Hogs win it on a bucket by Miriam Downa with two-tenths of a second left. This one belongs to the Razorbacks, 60 to 59. Let's get out of this high school gym. So they beat them in the West Palm Beach Classic yesterday. They play UIC today at 10 o'clock this morning. So some early 11 o'clock games for Phil these last couple days. Yeah. Early on the beach is a different thing. Yeah. It's a little warmer down there in Florida. Well, when you're done at 1.30, I mean, you've still got the bulk of the afternoon to go. Well, you know, today is the shortest day of the year. So uh, yeah, he'll have to hurry. Well, I'll bet he does. This, yeah. this Russ, this, I'll bet he does. Russ, I don't know if they're flying back tonight or not. I don't. I don't know if they're staying over or not. I would maybe try and stay another day if I could. Does Ruskin start a rant on that in the opening segment? Yeah, that used to annoying when people would say today is the it's, it's the winter solstice, so it's the least amount of daylight today to be technical. But we'd always say shortest day of the year, which uh, it's still twenty four hours. To, just but. to hack him off. All right, that's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Boys looking here on the Bet Saracen app. Arkansas favored by 14 and a half tonight over a uh, Abilene Christian Wildcats. So you can check that out at uh, the Bet Saracen app. Over under 149 and a half. So uh, that's the morning line, if you will, as uh, it's come out for tonight's game, Hogs favored by 14 and a half. Brock Purdy's got the best MVP odds on there. There is a uh, a guy out there that has a Brock Purdy ticket that he could win $2,000 or excuse me, $200,000 on. He's trying to get he's trying to sell it for 100 grand. You think he should sell it or keep it in hopes that Purdy wins the MVP? So he has a chance to again make 200 grand if Purdy wins the MVP. Or depends on how much money he has now. Makes a hundred grand right now if he's able to sell it, because it could be a winning ticket. Depends on his station in life today. Exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. How much does another hundred grand mean to him right now? I'd take the hundred grand if I was in his shoes, because it's a sure thing. It's kind of like the lottery. We've always talked about if one of us wins the lottery, we would take the the lump sum. We're not waiting out the monthly or yearly payments or whatever it was. I'd take the hundred grand. I wouldn't wait on it because at Purdy, I mean, they play another MVP candidate in Baltimore this weekend, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Dak, I know he had a bad game last week, but could still win. I would take the sure thing if I was in his Where's this game being played Sunday? Ooh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot think it's it. I think it's in San Francisco. My point would be that whoever wins this game may end up being the MVP. Could be over as of Monday. Yeah, Monday night in San Francisco. Okay, well, then if San Francisco wins the game, you have to figure Purdy will have a good game. Mm -hmm. And I would say he's the favorite. And and hold that to you. You may get 150 for it or 125,000 for it before the end of the year. That's a good point. Uh, McCaffrey's going to have something to say about that. No, you're right. McCaffrey's, I mean, McCaffrey's going to get a lot of votes, no doubt. So that's uh, interesting to to play out this point if that guy ends up selling his ticket or... But you're an injury away from that ticket being worthless. Yeah, that's good. I'd take the 100 grand. I'd take the 100 grand and ride off to the sunset with it. No guts. No guts. I would, too. I would, too. I would take the money. I mean, McCaffrey's 150-yard rushing game away from being the leader again. I'd take the money and run. You're right, Ty. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
So he said in a recent post, after talking with Coach Pittman and Coach Petrino, I have decided to pursue a football career at the University of Arkansas. Super grateful and excited for the opportunity to get to work. Woo, pig. Does this count as a portal kid, high school kid? Like, how do you... (laughs) I don't know. How do you distinguish this? I don't know. I guess it counts as a scholarship. I don't know what they've worked out. It's another in-state player, and I know a lot of people weren't happy about the in-state class you brought in. Now, he's two years removed from being a Bryant Hornet, but you added to your in-state class at this point. Hey, a lot of people need to talk about Braylon Russell a little bit more. I mean, they're running back out of Benton. This this guy's a good player. He's 6'1", 240. I bet he gets a chance to play pretty quickly. Yeah, and... I heard you were talking about this on the podcast yesterday. There's not many high school running backs that are, again, 240 coming out. But uh, for those that, Tommy, I think you've got a chance to ref him at, at some point. I, I've seen him play. I mean, he's... Yeah, I, I, not he, this not this past season, but season before worked the Salt Bowl and saw him play. He's he's, uh, he's the real deal at running back. What, what Pittman said in the, the press conference yesterday is like he didn't have the most like mind-numbing stats in his senior year because they didn't utilize him as much because they had other players and skill set. But he's a kid a lot of people wanted, and he initially decommitted starting his career at, with Arkansas and then recommitted, so you're glad to get him back. Well, I remember when Petrino's offenses were really clicking at Arkansas. There was always a rugged running back. There was always a spot for that guy back there. Uh, Niall Davis, uh, Broderick Green. I mean, these were guys that were... Uh, these were big backs, and I'm probably leaving guys out because my memory fails me. But that was always a big part of, you know, what they did back then. So that's why I say, you know, even I remember in goal line situations, um, what was the fullback, number 40? Who, who, Cody uh, Walker? Yeah, Cody Walker. He um, he scored a bunch Third. of touchdowns when Petrino was here. Kara Small. Kara Small was yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was always a spot for a guy that was uh, – uh, that had some size to him, some bulk to him. And, you know, this, hey, this guy can play. They're excited to have him. Yeah, I think uh, they're, again, some recruits. Kobe Brandon, who's not too far from us. He ended up with five in-state kids. I think what people look at is the the the, ten in, the top ten players in-state, right? Only four of them are going to Arkansas. Six are going elsewhere, including three are going to Missouri at this point. And, I think what people were trying to to figure out at this, because Pittman's gone across the board. Like, you're getting more into Georgia than you ever have in Arkansas. But you're, you're, there's certain in-state kids you wonder if they'll factor into play in other places. Well, here's the thing that you've got to hope. And we have no idea how it's going to turn out. But you've got to hope that these in-state kids that you are getting in this class are part of the revival are part of a team that improves from 4 and 8 and 1 and 7 because when you're 4 and 8 and 1 and 7 you're going to have a hard time keeping all the good players in state you just are that's just how it works go back and look uh, when your record's not good you lose these kids when your record gets better you keep them and then hopefully you go through a cycle where you're good for an extended period and they don't think about going anywhere else we've not been at that point at least not on a consistent basis. We've tasted it, but we've not done it year after year, at least over a four-, five-, six-year period. And so you've just got to hope that these guys come in and are part of the turnaround. And if they are, then you'll probably have more in-state kids that want to be part of it. So you signed 24 players yesterday, 16 high school kids, eight transfer portal guys. You got five offensive linemen, three wide receivers, two quarterbacks, a running back, tight end, six defensive linemen, six, or excuse me, three linebackers, two defensive linemen, and one kicker. So what else do you need? Here's what Sam Pittman had said about that yesterday. I still think on the defensive side, out of the portal, I think you'd need a corner, a linebacker. Obviously, I think you would need an edge and an interior. So there's four. And then uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think we need another interior offensive lineman. I think we're fine at tight end. I think we're fine at quarterback. I think we need a running back out of the portal and a wide receiver. So I think that's probably pretty close to eight right there. I would think, and he kind of listed seven potential options, I would think that eight, whoever that is, assuming it's not a high school kid, maybe Bradley Shaw, who you're in the running for at this point, that they would add someone on the again, the offensive line, maybe two offensive linemen or two defensive linemen based on what you lost to the transfer portal at this point. 
And again, Shaw plays linebacker, so he maybe like to add there as well. Well, you know, the caller, uh, I forget the name, in the last hour actually brought up the defensive line, and, and we didn't really delve into it. But, you know, when he talks about an edge and an interior, I mean, that's two right there. And so, you know, you are talking about, um, you know, kind of refurbishing your rotation. The, you know, when you talk about Booker leaving, uh, I mean, you talk about Tari and Carter leaving, good players, not to slight them at all. But you kind of get into interchangeable parts sometimes in this portal. Uh, you trade one for the other. And what you hope is that if there's an edge rusher out there that you're able to sign, that he's a guy that can be a difference maker like Jackson is on the other side. And I thought one of Arkansas's strengths this past year, and I mean, it really could have gotten out of hand, frankly, in, in terms of the record had it not been this way. But I thought one of their strengths this year was that they were able to legitimately rotate along the defensive line without a significant drop-off. Um, now, you know, again, if they'd not been able to do that, I mean, you know, God knows how this thing might have turned out. But they were, and they've got to maintain that. I think we saw the value of it last year. And, again, you know, the defense wasn't perfect, and there were some games that, you know, they got lost. But on the whole, if you'd scored a few more points in a few more games, we'd be getting ready to travel right after Christmas Day to go to a bowl game. And that's what you've got to hope that, Coach Petrino and, and, and the offense that he's constructing will bring you. Yeah, I mean, and we were talking about this last hour. This is where one or two players make the difference at the right spots. And what that defensive line and that rotation did for you is it kept you from having more games. It kept you in some games that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have been in. And, you know, it got away from you in the Auburn game. It got away from you in the Missouri game. But you'd have had more of those kind of performances without that depth. I just think if you look back at last season and let's look around the roster, there are a lot of other guys coming back. You know, there's a lot of guys coming back. Um, you retool that offensive line. You look back at this past season, if that offensive line is solid, I'm not saying, you know, Joe Moore quality even. I mean, if, you know, they're just a solid offensive line. Um, they're, they're, they're going to a bowl game. It may not be a great one, but they're going to a bowl game. You know, my thought is if, you're able to correct that, and that sounds a lot simpler than it is. But if you're able to correct that on the offensive line and you've got a good quarterback, I mean, I can tell you from, and we've watched Coach Petrino's offenses over the years, if he's got a good quarterback, it clicks. And if they've addressed those issues, you know, I, I think they've addressed what ailed this team the most last season mm -hmm. and speaking of the offensive line we did get a chance to hear from your new offensive line coach for the first time yesterday really publicly since he's been announced as that next leader here's what he said in terms of what he's been up to recruiting wise on the position group we've been talking about got on a 5 a.m bird the day after we signed and watched transfers for 12 hours and went recruiting that's been the priority. That's the priority this time of year. Everybody knows that. And so you don't have a lot of time to do much else. And so, you know, you mix in uh, seeing a home here and there and trying to sell your house somewhere and make sure your wife and daughter are doing good. But priority has been just finding some guys for today. So Pittman said in the press conference yesterday, he offered Nichols at Georgia, the Tennessee signee, the, the guy he got there. Um, They're really excited about Carmona, who, again, Mateos didn't really know about till he got here. And then Blackstock, apparently he'd been trying to recruit him to Baylor, but ended up committed to Arkansas and signing with Arkansas. Those, those are your three transfer kids and then the two guys that you got out of the offensive line at this point. I Again, I think they're going to add at least one more based on what Pittman said. And I would... The question is, if you're going to go trench play with that eight scholarship, right? Because he listed seven guys. If you go eight, do you go on the offensive or defensive line? Because you just spelled it out for us there, Chuck. Your defensive line was really the, the stronghold of the team for much of last season, and you want to solidify that losing Carter and Booker. And the offensive line was the weakness. So are you investing more in the weakness, or are you trying to keep that stronghold together if you add two guys, or excuse me, it would be, it would be three guys on the defensive line or two guys on the offensive line. And I don't know how Sam's going to go about that, but I am intrigued by it. Well, part of it may be what's available at the end. 
That's you know, true. Um, you just don't know what's going to be out there at the end. Uh, you can have all kinds of intentions, um, but you know you've you've got to identify them, and you don't just fill the spot to fill the spot. I think that you know when he talks about the needs of this team, they're going to try to address most of them between now and the time spring practice starts. But there still may be a spot or two that you fill after that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you know that guy's going to come in and be a difference maker. But there may be a spot or two just in terms of filling out the numbers that, that you go to at that point. But, you know, they've, um, they've got their needs. They've identified them, and we'll see if they're able to go get them. Yeah. Who was who the wide receiver we got in the late portal period two years ago? I think it was Hazelwood, wasn't it? I think it was. And uh, so, I mean, you're right that for the most part, after spring – you know, but some guys get the idea, hey, hey, this isn't going to be for me or there's been a change in position, Coach, and I don't think we're completely done with staff changes yet. Um, people come out of spring and, you know, maybe you can get lucky. I think you got to get lucky to make a difference then, but maybe, you know, we've talked about it, one or two players this past season and it's a different outcome, it's a different, different narrative. He did get asked directly about staff changes and he said he didn't anticipate any of them. Now, Again, that's subject to change, but that mean those, that means some of your guys aren't going to get hired by that, someone else. That is also true to that point but there is another portal cycle which again is important when it comes to regards and i wonder the thing i was thinking about is how much money do you stash away for that next cycle because you still have to have money to bring you you go raise some more is what you gotta go do yes that's true all right let's go to the mccarty daniel hotline welcome in kagan who's in Piggott. he's got some thoughts on some football stuff what's up kagan oh not too much how y'all doing this morning good man well I'll tell you this, we're going to have to build a fence around the state of Arkansas, which we've all known that for a long time. But when Trino was here before, there wasn't a top player in the state that went anywhere but Arkansas that I'm aware of. And I'm not saying that ain't possible, but, I mean, we got Trino back. Why can't we get somebody like Darren McFadden or DJ Williams or somebody on the recruiting staff? It doesn't mean what it used to mean to be a Razorback for a kid in the state of Arkansas anymore, in my opinion. I remember when I was in school, I played basketball and football. I'd have done whatever to be a Razorback. You know, I mean, I just don't feel like it's that way anymore. I got a brother-in-law who plays high school football for Rector who won the state championship here a couple weeks ago, and and he he's like, man, I wouldn't go to Arkansas if they offered me because they suck. I'm like, that's not what it's about, man. You want, you want to go there and make the team better, but, I mean, we need to do something. I mean, I hate that we had those players leave the state, and I know that, you know, we had a bad season, but, we got to have somebody on there that these, these guys got to know what it means. I mean, maybe I'm just different. I don't know, but it means a lot to everybody's back, in my opinion. But what do y'all think? Well, I mean, Kagan, as you were talking, I couldn't help but smile because that's the way I felt, you know, growing up. And I think that's the way a lot of people felt and still feel, you know, when it, when it comes to that. Um, I also know the world's changed. There are a lot of things out there I don't understand. And um, some of the stuff that's going on with the NIL and, the portal is still beyond my comprehension. Um, the one thing that I'll say about Bobby Petrino is this, is, and we kind of discussed this when his name first, you know, was bandied about, that, you know, the days that we remember are 12, 13 years ago. And for the kids that are 17, 18, 19 years old, those are just stories from their dad. Mm-hmm. They don't remember them. And so the idea that, you know, if you'll remember at the time, Petrino was fresh off the Louisville run. He'd been to the NFL. He was a hot commodity. And his reputation as an offensive coordinator was at its zenith, I mean, as a play caller. And he was probably, at, you know, arguably his, his best as a play caller then because he sure had some talent to work with. Now it's different. And therefore, I think the process is different. It's not going to be immediate. But now I will say this, and I think probably most Razorback fans would agree with this. I don't have much doubt that this offense is going to be dynamic. I don't have any doubt about that. I don't have any doubt for a second that Bobby Petrino can still dial it up. I don't doubt that for a moment. I think our offense will be better. I think it will be immediately better. I think we will notice it from the get-go, from the very first time they snap the ball. But 
it's going to take a year for people to see that. Um, it's going to take a it, it's going to take a season, maybe two. I don't know, for the new generation to come to believe what that generation believed back then. Um, it's different now, and these kids are going to have to be shown, and they're going to have an opportunity to watch this year, just just like the rest of us. But I have no doubt they'll be a lot better offensively. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.